0: Hi there, this is Terry, and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. Now, one thing I find really daunting about the animation industry is just how varied the jobs are. So, for instance, I love to draw, but I can't just get a job drawing. Studios need very specific roles like background painters, character designers, animators, storyboard artists, and more. But each of these roles are highly specialized and take years to master. And one thing I'm trying to figure out in school right now is where to really hone my skills. So, I thought I'd reach out to someone who's basically done it all and been massively successful doing so, and today I'm happy to be chatting with animation veteran Jim Bryson. So Jim graduated from Sheridan College back in 2001, and since then he's worked at studios in Toronto, the UK, and the US in a multitude of roles including posing artist, animator, art director, character designer, and most recently as the producer for Nico and the Sword of Light for Amazon Prime, which he also won a Daytime Emmy for. But on the side, he just loves drawing, and you've likely seen some of his pieces on Instagram where he's amassed over 20,000 followers. So Jim, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing this fine morning? Good.
1: Good. Good. Thanks for having me on, Terry.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped to chat, especially because you're like kind of a jack-of-all-trades sort of person versus like uh, just specializing in, in one area. So um, I wanted to chat a little bit about how you decided to become an animator in the first place. Like what, what inspiration or what led you down this path in the first place?
1: Um, I always wanted to be a character designer. That's the thing I kind of found the most fun at school, but when I graduated, there weren't, like, tons of... It was hard to get a job as a character designer, so I ended up as a in-betweener uh, for a friend of mine who got a job as an animator.
0: Wait, so how? Did, what made you decide to go to Sheridan College in the first place? Did, like, why did you want to become a character designer then?
1: Actually, yeah, when I was really young, I I wanted to be an animator. I mean, that that was kind of like, that was always what I wanted to do, character design, animation. But the thing is, like, that quickly changed because around the time I graduated is sort of when people had it in their minds that they weren't going to do 2D animation anymore. 3D animation was like the big thing it was around the time when um there was a studio in Hawaii that was doing um a, th- a movie called Final Fantasy which was supposed to be the greatest movie ever made it was going to be so realistic the characters were going to be so real and uh all the all the, the the people in the classes ahead of us were going they were getting flown down to Hawaii to be trained on like 3D software and stuff and we were just like, wow, everything is amazing. And then that movie came out, and it was, like, the worst thing ever. And
0: no, uh, I, uh, I saw the movie in theaters, and I loved it.
1: <laughs> you did? Uh, I mean, I just mean the worst thing in terms of, like, it was, like, a total flop at the box yeah, office. Yeah, and yeah, they, right. Like, they, they just, everything went sort of, like, full stop. Like, you know, uh, studios were no longer taking students and, like, training them to do 3d and stuff it was sort of like by the time we graduated it was just like you know we were on our own
0: yeah so so um how did you so your friend got a job as an animator and then was like hey jim uh i need some help over here like how did how did that work out
1: yeah it was just pure luck i mean uh my friend robin he was like you know like he was uh, a really great animator and uh he i was friends with him and he, he's just he basically gave me the job because i was his friend uh because i i i was not very good at uh in-betweening or or clean up. um but it was good experience because it was like it was the only place that was doing 2d animation it was actually a, a christian television station they were creating like little cartoons they were trying to make like a christian version of like looney tunes oh wow so i mean it was you know it didn't pay very much but it was uh it was probably the best experience because it was the only job that was actually or the only studio really in town that was doing full 2d animation everyone else was sort of moving on to the early versions of flash and like really kind of not fun stuff
0: so so like my experience in school right now is sometimes i feel a little anxious because when i look at the industry like i really like stop motion and and 2d drawn animation but it seems like the industry is more about 3d and like uh tweening and stuff did you did you feel really anxious when you knew that people were being like flown down to Hawaii to work on 3d and you wanted to do character design I mean kind of where you've ended up now and looking back uh how how was that whole experience of going through school and being like well I want to be a character designer but there doesn't seem to be much with that going on
1: yeah it was like I I worked um I I I I found a job at um I'm trying to remember like it's a long time ago but um uh, I I sort of floated around a bit, like, from studio to studio, and then I ended up going back to school for 3D animation, and I ended up graduating and working as a 3D animator for a number of years, a couple years. And then I got a job at this studio. Um, it was called Red Rover. And I just remember that uh, the guy that owned that studio, his name was Andy Knight. And he would do these amazing storyboards. And every time I would get a shot, I would just download the whole storyboard, not just my shot. But I would just go through and I would just look at the whole the whole storyboard. And it just like the drawings were so cool that um, that was sort of my inspiration to go back. Because um, initially I went into 3D because that's kind of where I thought the jobs were. Yeah, and and sort of it's come full circle now. Like, there's tons of work in 2D now. I mean, it's it's all Flash, but um, there's still aspects that are hand drawn.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, so it sounds like you came out of school and then you couldn't really find the thing you wanted to do, or that or the industry kept changing, I guess. So you went back to school. Mm-hmm and got a, another a certificate or a degree, I guess. And then then did you feel comfortable um, kind of pursuing your career now that you had so many various, varied skills? Because uh, what I wanted to talk about is uh, kind of the different skills and what it's like as as uh, in the different roles you've had. So, you know, you've been a posing artist, an animator, 3D animator, art director, character designer, like all these things. Um, wh- what do you think has enabled you to kind of go with the flow all this time?
1: Uh, I mean, most of them are just... Actually, I guess, like, really, like, like um, what I wanted to do was, I guess, like, to make my own little films. And, like, I always, when I graduated, I was always trying to pick jobs where I would get to do as much as possible or have the best experience possible, not just doing one thing so smaller studios. Um, I ended up moving to the UK, uh, cause my friend Adam got like some jobs doing, um, these little short films for like Nickelodeon and, uh, some other broadcasters over there. So like, it was just a good experience cause you had to do everything. You had to do, come up with an idea, design it, pitch it to the, you know the people there then um to do, do some storyboards take it to the sound studio record some voices of you acting like a maniac for a few hours and then uh record own,
0: you record your own voice yeah,
1: yeah yeah a lot of them we did our own voices some of them we we had to have people you know professionals do it but a lot of the time it was just me and uh my buddy adam doing voices so like um that was great experience because you know, it was just doing all aspects of production. Sounds like a lot of fun to be, to
0: be honest. Kind of sounds
1: yeah like school all over
0: again. Too, yeah, yeah, a yeah. Bit. Yeah,
1: um, it was a ton of
0: fun. So, how long did you stay in the UK for working on Nickelodeon shorts?
1: Uh, about three years. Three years. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then you moved back to Toronto, or you went to the US, or because I know you've you've been kind of all all around the place. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I moved back to Toronto. I've never lived in the U.S. I've done work for U.S. companies, but I never lived there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I came back to uh, came back to Toronto, and um, oh man, it's I can't, it's hard to remember. Uh, what did I do next? Um, I'm gonna pull up your uh, pull up my pull up my be my memory. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, let me boy, we have to really. <laughs> well, I know you've been a posing artist, and oh, and yeah. uh, can you kind of explain what what that was all about, like? So
1: um, yeah, so that was like um, I I worked at. A company called George Elliott doing uh, posing for uh, a bunch of shows, flash shows. So the the cool thing about doing posing for flash shows is that uh, that's essentially like the 2D animation thing. It's like you sort of take the storyboard poses and you you sort of draw out the poses that the the keys essentially that the animators will use for. Yeah. Uh, for their animation so that's that's a cool job i mean that's I, so, I always wanted to do anything that would allow me to draw stuff so that, that's that's a good one
0: so maybe can you just explain that a little bit more so you're creating the poses for the animator to to work into the the sequence that that person is animating
1: right so you get like a storyboard and you know the character will be like running from one end of the screen to the other, and then like maybe in the middle they'll do a backflip. So you need to draw a couple poses of them doing a backflip, right? Because they'll have a they'll probably have like a a run cycle built in that they'll the animators can use, and so they'll just need those poses of the character doing a backflip.
0: Ah, I thought that was kind of the job of the animator, but uh, is, is that like um is that pretty common to have a posing so, artist? work with an uh, animator or is or is that like specific to the studio you're working with
1: yeah it's specific to the studio some studios don't do that some studios leave it up to the animators um,
0: um so i know you worked at cup of coffee in in toronto which kind of has like a little special place in my heart because uh they do stop motion did you have any opportunity to work on any of their stop mo shorts or no reason?
1: that's something i've never done that uh, stop motion i've I've never i worked on a show called ugly americans that uh Right.
0: coffee. right did you is it is it what what was your did you see anything going on with stop motion while you were there i don't know it seems like you were uh, you worked there for in 2010 and then uh a couple times it seems like on a contract
1: yeah i didn't actually work at the studio i worked i worked on my own uh, i took i took shots the first season i was doing um I was just designing key poses for the animation. And then the second season, I was taking, like, chunks of the show and just doing the whole the whole sequence.
0: Gotcha. Um, so I also know you were an art director at a studio in Toronto as well. Uh, how did you – it was at Infinity Quick. How did you uh, land that role? Because um, before then, it seems like you were kind of doing posing and animation. How do you – How did you branch out into that new field of uh of work
1: oh that was um i found myself in the tech industry through a weird sort of happenstance so uh when we were doing nico and the sort of light the uh the comic book app the animated comic um i met someone uh named dale who was going to be the guy in charge of coding it and uh we got along really well we're still friends to this day i'm still doing some stuff with him now um and uh he was unable to to take on the project because at the last minute he got uh one of his ideas got uh funding and uh um some investors gave him some money to start this company Infinity Quick and so we kept in touch while I was working on Nico and then towards the end of that contract he asked me if I would help him with this project and then that turned into you know we created this like messaging app which had animation in it and stuff and then we ended up getting bought out by a company called Zynga. right and then uh, I ended up working there, uh, which I mean it was it was great. It was totally different from what I'm used to. It's like a tech company, like uh, they make games and stuff. But I mean, it was like it's like working with like computer programmers and stuff, which, which was really cool.
0: How is how is um, kind of art direction for working on? more, like, animated shows and things different than working with the art direction on, on games? Because I know that Zynga does, like, they have, like, poker games and, and, like, stuff like that. So that must be, at least from my view, I mean, they're the Farmville people too, right? So
1: um, yeah how it, how is
0: that different?
1: It, it was more like just working uh, on a small team for a project that was completely separate from the company. um. They brought us on to do this like top secret thing, which it never ended up happening. They 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 reshuffled the
0: company. Doesn't happen.
1: (laughs) I ended up it was it was actually perfect for me because like right before we got uh, greenlit for Nico and the sort of light, I got laid off. Uh, And uh, uh, if I had hadn't got laid off, I would have had to quit. So getting laid off is better than quitting because you get a nice like little package so it was like perfect
0: right right so um we like because you've uh kind of gone with the flow it seems like your friend has a connection over here or you want to work on something over here are, do you always feel like you're on your toes like trying to learn new skills to to i guess compete with what you're doing or do you feel like uh because you you went to sh- like Sheridan and got a degree and then you went back for a 3D do you feel like you got like a really solid skill set to allow you to take on all these roles?
1: Uh I think like I just kept trying to learn stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think um I don't think when I left college I was particularly good at anything to be honest with you.
0: Oh no. Um, how do you think you, like, if you could maybe maybe not compare yourself, but um, wh- how did you feel coming out of college? Like, you, you just said you didn't feel like you were particularly good, but at the time, did you feel like you'd really developed your skills, or did you feel that way back then, too?
1: Yeah, no, I didn't think I had um, developed my skills at all. I mean, um, all, all I cared about was trying to find a job where I would learn something. Ah. I mean, there's tons of jobs where, you know, you can easily just stagnate. Um, So I I was just always trying to take something on that I would be able to learn and grow.
0: Right. Um, So I know we kind of chatted a little bit about this before, but where you are at right now, you mentioned to me that you found kind of a happy medium between working and drawing your own stuff. Uh, can you can you kind of explain how how you feel right now or how you found that happy medium or what that even means because some people that I talk to you know their career is like number one they're they're like very driven in a specific area but um, I think at least from what I understand your your thinking or your the way you kind of have your career is a little bit different than that yeah I mean um I always
1: wanted to do something independent. Uh, So I've always kind of treated work as, like, you know, if I can take on jobs that uh, don't take up all my time or don't take up all my creative energy so that I have time to work on my own stuff. Um, so, um, uh, so like, like right now, for example, I'm taking freelance work. Uh, I'm trying to avoid taking on a full-time studio job just because it takes up a lot of time and a lot of creative energy. And so if I'm not, uh, I want to have time to do my own things, so. Um,
0: so do you feel like maybe 50% of your time right now is devoted to freelance and 50% to independent projects? Is that, is that kind of how you've, your mix works?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, 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 varies. Like right now I'm spending more time on personal stuff than I am on freelance. Um, but in the beginning, uh, years ago, sometimes I would take on Tons of freelance, like anything i get my hands on just so I could make as much money as possible and the shortest amount of time possible. And then when I have downtime, because, you know, most people in this industry, they don't typically work every month of the year. Usually you take on a contract, you work eight months, and then there'll be like two or three months where you are looking for the next gig or whatever. So... <clears throat> I always treated it like if uh, if if I'm getting a couple of jobs, then I'll just go just blitz through, you know, two, three jobs at a time. And then when I have two or three months off later in the year, I'm not like freaking out because I don't have any money.
0: Right.
1: So it's with trying your to balance
0: with mm-hmm. your personal projects, is the intention to make them lucrative as well? Or is it purely to kind of as an as an outlet for your own creativity like do you and I mean with Nico in the sort of light which I want to talk about soon uh you I guess the intention was to to turn it into somewhat of a, a business or to make some money off of it even though it was a personal project so is that is that kind of how you treat your personal projects like um or, or are they kind of just for fun uh yeah I mean if it's, it's-
1: so if it's just like sketchbook stuff, it's that's mostly for fun. Uh, but if it's a project, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd want to make some money so that you can do another one. Um, so yeah, yeah, if it's a project, for sure, yeah, you got to make money.
0: Gotcha. Um, yeah. So uh, about your your kind of your personal sketchbook stuff, like. Um, I, I found you through Instagram a while ago and and I, I feel like you're kind of known for your monster art there. Um, how do you, I mean, you, you've also like amassed 20,000 20, followers, which isn't a joke either. Uh, so how do you kind of treat Instagram? Is it just for fun? Is it like something that you leverage for getting new freelance projects or picking up contacts? Or how is it, How like, how do you treat Instagram overall uh, especially because you've, you've built it up into kind of an asset for yourself
1: um i am treating it like a little experiment where uh, i do something and then i kind of am gauging how people will react to it and trying to get a better sense of like the types of things that people respond to and types of things people (laughs) don't respond. Like a lot of the time, like, I'll be like, uh, I don't know if I should put this out. And then I put it out and tons of people, lots of comments, tons of reaction. And then other times I'll be like, Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And then I put it out and there's nothing. Right. So, um, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm not really an expert at that, but, uh, I'm just trying to figure it out.
0: So, so what have you learned from doing this so far? I mean,
1: uh, uh, biggest thing I've learned, uh, through the Jim Bob drawing show that we did, we started right. doing a while ago, me and, uh, my friend Bobby, um, is that when you commit yourself to doing, uh a piece of art uh at least once a week yeah you you improve a great deal uh and and not just doing it but actually committing to like doing something and posting it finished done no uh no work in progress you have to just finish it right um just the act of doing that every week, it's, I've, I've been astounded at how m- much I've learned in a relatively short amount of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel that also, I did a 365 day project where I posted every, every day to Instagram, no matter what, and that, mm. that led me on this path to go to school and and, and be interviewing you, so mm. I can attest to that. Um, is there anything that you think about uh in in kind of what you've learned from your followers like things that they like to see because um like for instance not every one of your posts has color not everyone is a fully rendered drawing some are sketches some uh you know are, are there specific things that you know over time are going to do well or that you know the kind of your following has led you to work on more versus something else
1: um Stuff I've learned. Uh, okay, number one, uh, I know what definitely doesn't work. If you put something up and it looks like an advertisement, like if there's any kind of words on it, like if it looks like you're trying to sell someone something,
0: yeah,
1: it does not, it, no one wants to see that. It's just right. nothing. Dead air. Crickets. Uh, if you put something up that has like a story to it, I, I think that seems to be something that people really like but it has to also be visually striking as well like if it's a if you try and put up a comic panel like like if you imagine like a comic book and then you shrink it down uh, and you try and put it up it, it could be the greatest story in the world but it's so hard to read that no one will bother reading it yeah. Um, what else have I learned? Um, I can't really think of anything else. People like know. to see production work sometimes, like uh, um, if they feel like they're learning something from what you're showing them, like how to do. People seem to like. I, I I've done like some sort of like character expression sheets those seem to be a hit for some reason uh
0: so when you say sorry when you say something like story do you mean like uh there's a story in the picture like there's something happening or do you also kind of write in the 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 description section like how do you explain what is your take on story because i at least from talking to a lot of different people and being in school it seems like everybody kind of has a different take on what a, what visual storytelling is, to some degree.
1: Yeah, I think like if if it's in the image or if it's uh, sometimes you'll have like little comics you can swipe through, which I've been seeing a lot of, so I've, I've started to try and do more of that. Like, um, I don't usually put. Sometimes you'll see people they'll post an image. And then there'll be a big long explanation in the comments um i don't think that really i don't usually read that like i don't really usually read a huge long thing on instagram i'm kind of like just swiping through right so i think it has to be in the image it has to be something even if it's just one image if it tells a story i think that is more engaging than um but then again, like, I mean, there's also amazing art. Like, you just, you like it because it's just an amazing drawing. Um, but I, I don't usually rely on that because that's that's a hard, much harder gotcha. thing to...
0: Um, so no ads, include a story, make it visually striking somehow, and uh, behind-the-scenes production work. I think those are good tips. I'm just looking at your Instagram right now. And a while ago, you posted, like, a link to San Diego Comic-Con. Hey, we're going to be there, room 7AB. And you got 100 likes and four comments. And then the next day, you posted uh, a sketch of a lady with, like, people in her hair with the pen beside it on a piece of paper. And it has over 500 likes and right. like 30 comments. So that's, that's, like, five times the engagement. Yeah. Uh, when, when you could say, like, you know, Nico and the Sword of Light took you, like, years of work, and you have so many, like, amazing concept pieces for it. Isn't that <laughs> weird? kind of, like, falls flat when you mention it. In the, every in time. Like, a-
1: every, like, every time. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's just funny to me. It's just weird. Like, there's certain things that just are guaranteed to just bomb. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, have you say? Would you say that um, you know? Like, the- I'm thinking
1: like for a post, I'm gonna be like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna be at the corner of, uh, you know, Main Street, handing out cash," and you know, just zero likes.
0: No one. Hey, okay, gonna- I'll sh- I'll show up though. <laughs> I need some cash.
1: Um,
0: so, would you say that it, you know, Instagram or your your website or Twitch or whatever, um, has has been an asset? to you for your career or is it more been like um a place for you to hone your skills and learn and pick up new technical skills and things
1: mm, i have yeah nothing really for the career i i mean uh i think it can be if you get like tons and tons of followers you can get uh yeah you can somehow make a living i haven't figured out how to do, how make a living off of social media, but
0: but, uh, but um, like- have you have you met anybody
1: through this that is kind of uh well i met you well right? hey <laughs> you found me on there so that's uh fair. yeah uh, i definitely there think it's works. important it's Im- <laughs> once you meet terry it's all it's all yeah, over <laughs> that's it it was all worth it that's i'm gonna retire now great uh hopefully i can retire now too <laughs>
0: I'm just starting out here. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about Nico, because, you know, that's that's kind of uh, your claim to fame recently. Um, you know, uh, it was a, a show on Amazon Prime. It's it's getting picked up for a second season. Um, and it had kind of a non-conventional start. Sometimes when I talk to people about how they created a show, it it was, uh, you know, they went through the whole pitching round. But uh, you, um, I guess, and, and Bobby and, and the other people who uh, put it together had kind of a a different start to this. So how did how did Amazon find Nico? Because you were already kind of working on it.
1: Uh, so we we set out to uh, not make a show. That was not our goal in the beginning. We sat down and we said uh, we want to uh, make a comic book where. When you turn the pages, when you click on the panels, they, they come to life, they animate. We all wanted to see that.
0: Right. So a digital that. comic book.
1: Digital comic book, yeah. There had been comic books before where it was sort of like things would shift in and, and, and sort of shift around. But we wanted to see it come to life. We wanted to see it fully animated. Um, and it was around the time when iPads were first coming out and there was all this speculation that no one would buy books anymore and the ipad would completely replace books and everything which never happened but um we just thought it was an, it was really exciting because there was this like new technology and we had this idea of how to create something for it and we thought it would be pretty cool but it would be a ton of work so we um we worked on it for a while and then uh, we did a Kickstarter. Uh, and we showed a trailer, we animated a trailer for it and some concepts and we sort of showed, you know, uh, work in progress on it. Um, but there was still a ton of work to do. So we, we raised a bunch of money on Kickstarter. And, so, um, so
0: when you were creating the concept, you were just kind of like hanging out in your apartment and working on this? Or was this more of in a professional setting? Like, it's just kind uh, of you and a couple friends being like, let's do something cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were all friends, uh, but it was professional in the sense that like we all relied on each other. Uh, we were all technically professionals, uh, but you know, it was fun too, but we definitely treated it like a real job. There was no like funny business. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was a big job and it was a, a lot of work. Um, but it was also a lot of fun. So, um, so yeah. So we did a Kickstarter, and then uh, that's how Amazon found us through the Kickstarter. Kickstarter is pretty cool. If you if you do something that that people respond to, it's really good for pl- uh, publicity.
0: So, like, uh, Amazon saw it because like an article was written about it, or do they have Kind of scouts that look for things like this. Do you know how they possibly found it? Yeah.
1: We, we got an article in uh, TechCrunch? Oh. Uh, so maybe they found it on there. I I've, I actually don't know what led them to the Kickstarter, but um, that's what started sort of a really long. I mean, it, and it took a long time. I mean, so we we I mean they they saw it on there. We we had to finish the the comic then. Uh, we released it on iTunes, and then we got a feature from Apple, which was like the best. like one, like one I think uh, like we released it and like, you know, we had like a few downloads or whatever. and then uh, and then Bobby just ended up getting this email from Apple just saying like, oh, we would like to feature your. Uh, thing on their Apple homepage like just super nonchalant like oh no big deal just put (laughs) on the Apple homepage and so then (laughs) that was like uh, pretty awesome because like um, it just it you know it it made it like around the world like just like that like boom all of a sudden it was like in these Arab countries and like uh, you know like all these different crazy countries like all around the world so so we did that and then, it, that it you know, that came out and everything and then that started the long process of uh, Amazon deciding to make a pilot.
0: Right. And then, um, so how, how did that, how did that, what was that experience like? I mean, Amazon contacted you and you're like, oh,
1: hey, great.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, you show. guys want to make and a show? Then, We're
1: like, yeah, I think, all right.
0: yeah and then I read something like uh there were like eight producers on the show what was what was that kind of like I mean did you feel like you had total creative freedom or like was it kind of a like all over the place or
1: uh so I mean there's the four like me Bobby Kay Adam we're four we 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 sort of created it so we that's four right there and then um you had the um, Titmouse animation. So Chris and Shannon uh, run Titmouse. So they they were uh, executive producers on the show. So that's six. Then you had the showrunner, Rob Hoagie. Um, that's seven. And then who was the other one?
0: Did you say yourself already? Oh,
1: maybe <laughs> Ben. Ben, uh, ben was uh, one of the producers. He at Titmouse, He was one of the producers. So that that's eight. But uh, it, it wasn't like it looks like a lot of people, but really, like it was, it was really cool. Like Amazon was really good about like consulting us and everything, so
0: it was it was fun. So what what was the day to day like working uh, for Amazon Studios, like uh, or Amazon Prime? Like, what was your daily? What did it look like every day? I guess.
1: Uh, when it started off, it was sort of like just having meetings, just discussing what we thought it could be, what we thought the show could be, and Rob, the the head writer, the showrunner, um, coming up with ideas for, you know, what we could do. Uh, and then, you know, as we would go through the production, we would get uh, scripts, uh, making notes and comments on the scripts then getting uh some storyboards getting cuts of the animatic just going along like all the stages of production just kind of uh making notes stuff like that
0: so were you doing any of the actual animation or like storyboards and stuff like that or did you kind of hand that off to a team
1: so I did some animation on the pilot. I animated the uh, the Mugwump, which is a huge toad frog thing. Right. Um, but for the most part, it was Titmouse animation doing like all the animation. Like they, they did all the animation for the whole series. Um, <clears throat> and then I did um, character design on the show.
0: Did you did you want to animate the mugwomp? or is that was that like uh, something that was handed up to you? Like <laughs> it was
1: uh i didn't but i had animated it for the app right and the the director was like i don't know if because it, <laughs> it's such a complicated sort of character and like i'd already animated it before and i really wanted it to look like the one in the app so i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna animate but it took so long like i think uh he just kind of saved like like a handful of scenes for me and like i spent months just kind of toiling away on them like uh in you know, like in my free time oh wow i think it took me like a whole summer just to animate like a handful of scenes um so time
0: <laughs> yeah, um forever. so nico was you know it was nominated for an annie and it won a pixie and a daytime emmy um and and it's renewed again like was there a moment when you knew it was going to be successful like were you like yes this is this is like really good what we're doing and unique and different and uh or or i don't know did did you ever think about that or is it kind of just like i'm enjoying doing this thing i wanted to do yeah
1: i mean i've yeah i was enjoying doing this thing like i've always wanted to you know make a show like a like a full-on show uh and yeah it was it was awesome um we always had a good response from it in terms of like people just would watch it and go yeah that was totally awesome or my kid loves that um but the whole way through like we never thought it would go any further than to say like a We didn't even know if they were going to make a pilot like there were so many every step of the way was kind of like yeah no we're probably not going to do it and then something changed like at the last minute something happened and and then they ended up so when they did the pilot there was like sort of a mixed response and we had to make some changes we had to add some characters we added a female character called Lyra and then, um, but really it was getting nominated for, uh, an Emmy for the pilot that convinced them to do the first season.
0: Oh, nice. Um, so what is kind of like all that success feel like? Cause I mean, there's like, for me, you know, there's a desire to be successful at some point. Um, and you know how you like, hold on to how you're going to feel when you finally make it and, I guess you could say, you know, you you with Nico, you kind of made something that got a really great response and is seen by millions of people and all this stuff. How did you feel afterwards or through that experience? Did you, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: it's a weird experience because it doesn't happen all at once. It's kind of like little little wins stretched out over months years you know so it's not like a there's there were you know there may be some like moment like there was the moment that we got the green light to go ahead with the first season which i remember the uh the uh executive calling me and Melissa, who she, she couldn't get a hold of anyone else, so she just called me. And she's like, alright, well, I can't get a hold of anyone else, but I, I just want to tell you that, you know, we're going ahead with the thing. So then I had to, I was like, that was awesome. So I had to, you know, call everyone, track down everyone else to let them know. Um, but, Would you
0: say that's the highlight of, of all the, uh, maybe, experiences, or was there a different highlight? Yeah, I don't know.
1: Like, um, I guess looking back probably the best uh feeling is really the anticipation when you're working on it and you have that feeling of like excitement that you're working on something that you're excited about and you want to see it just come out to see just how people are going to react to it i think that is sort of the the best part the the wins always kind of happen so far afterwards so far after you've been working on it that it's kind of it doesn't feel like something that's really happening to you like like anytime you win an award for something it's so far afterwards it's just kind of like I mean it's cool but um it does it just kind of you're kind of disconnected whereas like when you're working on it and you're like oh this is gonna be cool you know when this comes out i think it's gonna be awesome like, i think it's gonna be awesome who knows what everyone else will think but uh i think that's probably the highlight is just uh it's like building a sand castle you know you're just like oh it's gonna be so awesome like i'm gonna make it so high and then and then when you kick it over it's kind of like yeah but it wasn't as good as i imagined <laughs> right so the
0: the experience comes in just the process i guess which i mean it, I think that's great. I mean, if you're having fun and enjoying what you're doing, what does it matter otherwise, right? Like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, so, you know, I know you're working on uh, more things now. Are you trying to replicate kind of the success you've experienced in the past? Or are you going and searching for like, uh, exploring a new area of your art uh, to try to put that out there or something like with your projects going forward? What is the what is the goal?
1: Yeah, the uh, I'm definitely exploring some new things. Uh, I definitely want to do something different than uh, the Nico world. I mean, when when we designed that, I never felt like it was my kind of style. It was sort of like what the story dictated. I always felt like it should be kind of somewhat like a familiar... Almost like Disney um, films that we watched when we grew up, the Nico kind of world. But then it was like it would feel familiar, but be kind of crazy and and alien a little bit. But it would always have that familiar kind of. That's why we always kind of referenced, you know, in in certain some places, sort of like a Disney aesthetic, and now with some of the new stuff I'm working on, it's kind of like, uh, finding different.
0: I think it's interesting you say that because, uh, the creature designs in Nico are so like, I can see there's some Disney elements, but the creature designs are like so characteristic and reflective of, uh, your art that it's, that I find it not at all. Like, that's what I think is unique about the show. Like all the characters or the monster designs are so interesting and unique and, huge and all over the place sometimes um but yeah so so maybe from what you've learned if you're going to go about pitching another show or at least just maybe throw some advice out there how would you like what are the steps that you go through so um i know we chatted a little bit about this beforehand and you said kind of pick something that you can stick with long term because with Nico, you spend years and years working on it. So if you kind of picked a, an idea that you just thought was cool for a little bit, you would have kind of burnt out or something. So if if I were to pitch a show, or you were to pitch another show, or somebody else pitching another show, what would you kind of uh, tell them what to expect and what to uh, put out
1: there? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I'm definitely no expert on this because there are so many ways that you could get a show i mean i just read the other day uh some guy got a, a show picked up based on his instagram stories um so uh was it,
0: was it matt Lazel uh i
1: i can't remember what his name it was called uh, something cat kitty battle, battle kitty kitty? Or something. yeah that's that's matt lazio he uh
0: published like little Animatics to his Instagram for a while with this orc and kitty, and now Netflix has picked him up.
1: That's so great! Like, uh, (laughs) so, so, yeah. Like, I mean, that's genius, right? Like, I mean, that it's the perfect way to pitch a show in this day and age. Uh, You have, you you can tell right away. Like, I mean, if you know, if you want to make the show, there it is. It's on. You just have to. Everyone has a phone. There's your pitch. so yeah, I mean it's finding sneaky ways of of, of standing out from the crowd, right? Uh, for for Nico, it was doing a Kickstarter. Uh, I've seen I've seen since uh, a bunch of other projects get picked up based on a Kickstarter. Um, so uh, yeah, you have to f- you, you got to find a way to stand out. I don't think you can just do it the normal way of like putting together a pitch Bible and and walk, walking into a studio showing them and going this is a thing I made I, I just don't think it will it's y- there's got to be something cr- like where they go, wow, this is something I haven't seen before,
0: right right I guess especially if if those execs are going on Instagram and seeing ideas that are already being successfully, uh, I guess going viral or liked or whatever, like if you walk in and you're like, I have an idea for a new show, they'll be like, well, why should we go with your show over all these other, like we have a kickstart over here. That's got like, I don't know how much money already in funding. Like if we just put our, our backing behind that, it, we know it's got some chances of success versus like this one man show type of thing. Is that, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah.
1: Like someone told me this, Uh, a long time ago and they said um, the safest thing for an executive if you put yourself in their position the safest thing for them to do is to say no because when they say no you leave they keep their job everything keeps going on normal but as soon as they say yes they're taking a huge risk because if what you're selling them is a flop or you're unreliable or something goes wrong now that it's them sort of their necks on the line. So you've got to really like do something crazy for them to want to give you $20 million or whatever huge amount of money it is that they're going to have to invest.
0: So uh, for the actual show itself, I mean, you, there's there's a lot of different takes on how to make a great show some say you know it's got to be character driven or story driven or like what is what is your take on how to create like the the formula for a successful show that's gonna you know be a go through a season or two uh,
1: it's tough because uh, all the good ones, there was no formula before. There's always a formula afterwards. Like after SpongeBob came out, everyone would tell us, "We want the next SpongeBob," you know. Right. Like before there was SpongeBob, nobody wanted SpongeBob. Like even like the guy pitched it, he got rejected. So <clears throat> and then because there's a if there's a formula for it, it means it's already been done, so it's not really I think it's just, if you're trying to make a funny show, it's got to be funny. You know, you've got to like the characters, you, you know, it's going to be interesting. It, I, I don't like the idea of, of, of the, you know, the, um, the formulas and everything. Um,
0: right, I just, guess, I, I guess from an exact standpoint, like what you just said is they don't want to take a lot of risks, so they they see that a formula is less risky because it already works. But you're also saying that that formula exists because it 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 works for that idea, but it's not going to, like, we haven't had a SpongeBob since SpongeBob, right? Like, the next show is going to be something totally different. If Otherwise, it would just be SpongeBob all over again.
1: Yeah, no, but, but I mean, there's definitely shows that have been influenced by that. I guess, like, um, what, what I'm trying to say is, like, the more you can show them, the less they have to imagine it, the better off you are. Because it's all in the execution of the idea. If it's going to stand out, uh, it's going to be how you tell the story. So uh, that's why I think like the example of the guy putting these animatics on Instagram is such a great idea. Because it's like they can see... Essentially, the show, right? So, the, the 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 closer you can come to a final product, the better off you are. Um, even if you just do it crappily, like um, South Park style, you know, like I mean, that's like a great example of a show that is. It's all about the writing and the and, and even the fact that it's done. It looks kind of crappy, is, makes it funnier somehow. So, um, you know, I don't know. What I don't what was what was the question? <laughs> we're, we're just we're just
0: talking about how to like if you're gonna pitch a show again, how would you do it? Like what what would you put your faith into to make sure that it gets picked up or successful? I know that your kind of stance, with Nico, was like. I'm doing this regardless. So if, if other people want to chip in, like Amazon, like, sure, help me back it. But it's happening, right? Like,
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, so that was a good example of, like, we were, we were going to make it anyways. And our goal wasn't even to make a show in the beginning. But our goal was to have something finished in the end. So I think that helped us. And then also the fact that it was a successful app helped us. Um, so that, that's a that's a weird way to to do it. But um, like, for example, if you can, if you can kind of get them to think that this is something that you're making no matter what, it's very appealing to them because it's kind of like, then it's sort of like this moving target that they don't if they if they don't act within a certain amount of time, they're going to miss it. And it's going to keep going. And it's going to keep generating steam and, and and getting more popular. That's why I think YouTube's a really good thing. Like if you can if you can get something going on YouTube, that that's why social media is so important, right? Like you can you can potentially build an audience on there. If you can bring an audience uh, along, you can say, "I'm not just pitching the show. I already have an audience built in." That's super valuable yeah because it shows people like it already um
0: yeah uh i do i I do have some questions based on your experience in the industry a little bit so maybe we can just switch back to that so i know that you've worked for studios in the uk and toronto and the us is there a big difference you've noticed about the industries in these different in these different countries like um, from my understanding Toronto and, and Canada is kind of like a service hub for the U S and then UK is kind of like uh, almost like an incubator for like cool ideas. I, I don't, I'm not too sure if that's right, but like you've had experience working in all three industries. So like maybe you can give your take. Uh,
1: so my experience working in Toronto has been that Toronto is essentially service work for <clears throat> um, you know there are there are some Canadian shows, but mostly for American shows. I mean, that's just my experience. When I worked in England, it, it felt like there was a lot more um, small independent contracts for kind of weird and interesting ideas. We, there's just different opportunities there for doing stuff that was a little bit less, um, uh, like when you work in in Toronto, everything is so, um, the reason the work is here is because of the tax breaks. And so in order to qualify for tax breaks, everything is very regimented in a certain way. So you only get that kind of work where you're essentially doing service work jobs for big productions in the states generally um so um that was that that's just my experience and then uh man
0: so if you if you wanted to work on more independent and creative uh projects would you start seeking work in the uk or the u.s or would you stay here and just kind of go with the flow and see how you because i guess from your experience you kind of just ended up in the uk right like but your intent was also to work on like creative things where you could learn
1: yeah i mean it's just like where the opportunities sort of show themselves i mean uh i think like Everyone's gonna have a slightly different experience, but my experience has just sort of been like, "Oh, here's an opportunity. Let's see where this takes us." But um, nowadays it's different. Like it's it, like when I was younger, like you you didn't get jobs from social media. It was all word of mouth. It was all people you know. So. Um, it's so different now. I think, like, uh, going to these conventions, like going to uh, Comic-Con and all these uh, art-related conventions is a good way to uh, to find opportunities. Um, but, yeah, it's way different now. Way different.
0: Um, I also wanted to ask you about the, the Jim Bob drawing show. Um kind of what was the purpose behind starting that? Cause it, you know, it's also been, um, like, a an Instagram that has taken off and, and also, uh, on YouTube, I think too, right? Like, so, and you, and you have like 16000 followers on Instagram. So why did you start that in the first place? Cause I, I, from my understanding, it's kind of just like a fun little side project that you, you do, right?
1: Yeah, it was for fun. We started it. We, um, uh, I used to go over to uh, Bobby and Kay's studio, Imaginism Studios, and we would get together for these little, like, we would just hang out and draw, right? <laughs> and uh, sorry, it was, it was just breaking up there. I wasn't sure if you could hear me. Um, yeah, so we would get together and we would, we would just draw, and uh, they had this little thing where they would pull random words out of jars. And I just thought it was kind of interesting because I never did that before. And then we just decided let's just, let's just record it. And uh, it just it not only was it fun, but I just uh, like I like I said, like you you feel like it's a really good exercise. And then uh, all these people started joining us. Uh, we started we started off with we would record videos. But, I mean, that's a lot of work. So, right now we're just doing the Instagram thing. Right. And so, um, it's just a fun thing. And uh, a lot of people seem to enjoy it. So, I'm, I'm still doing it. Bobby's, like, started his own convention. Have you heard of Lightbox? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah I have. I also follow him.
0: And he seems awesome. like he's. Always crazy busy with something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's doing something insane. He started his own Comic Con essentially, um, which I'm going to that. I think it's gonna be awesome. Like, uh, and uh, so um, yeah. So 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 the the thing is like every week it's like random words out of a jar. And uh, the cool thing about it that I hadn't anticipated when we started was that like. A lot of the time when you're starting out and you're doing social media, you're kind of like, it's discouraging because you, 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 you know, you post artwork and no one sees it because you have 10 followers. Right. So it's cool because all these people, uh, have sort of, you know, there's this little community around it and, uh, everyone checks out everyone's work and it's just a cool kind of, um, thing where you know people and i get a kick out of seeing all the the artwork every week all the different ideas
0: sweet yeah well i think it's uh that's really cool and and it's like interesting how you just kind of started drawing and you're getting such a positive response to it um yeah so i kind of one last question to finish this up unless you have any kind of extra stories or things you want to share but it's like we've talked a bunch about social media Um, And I know that you graduated, shared in 2001 when, you know, Instagram wasn't really a thing back then. It was like blogging and then DeviantArt and then Twitter and now there's Instagram. Uh, What's your kind of like take on all all this and also kind of, you know, you have to, I guess you have had to move around your artistic assets from one social media to the next over the years. Um, And I know you also are trying to like experiment with Twitch and seeing how that's going and you also have YouTube and stuff. So. What is your what is your take on all this? Do kind of artists keep having to move around strategically to see where all the attention is going, or should you just kind of pick one format and and go with it? Uh, I don't know. Like you've kind of seen it all. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean I'm definitely no expert on this. I mean I just look at it as a big experiment and I just play around with some of the stuff. Like I'm I'm playing around with D, uh, with Twitch because. Um, it's a way to just show sometimes people like to watch you draw and i don't want to like sit there and edit the videos and and do all this work i just want to like turn on the camera and then like just draw and then have it just appear on the internet and so it so far is 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 achieving that and um so i kind of like that and um but i only have like a few followers. So it's, it's just, I'm just putting it out there and it, it, it stays on there for a while. I think it stays on there for a month. So people can see if they want to watch me draw. I mean, some people like to watch that, um, to see the process. And then, uh, for the other ones, it's like, mostly I just do Instagram. I mean, I try not like it, it can be very time consuming, like using all these different things. So, I try and do it. So it like, I, I don't really go on Facebook that much. So like if I post something on Instagram, it will automatically post it on Facebook for me. Um, because yeah, you can spend your life just going from one to the other and, you know, never achieving anything.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, unless you have any other s- stories or pieces of tidbits or whatnot, uh, I think, I think I've, I'm pretty satisfied with our, with our choice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, no,
1: I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Jim.
0: Thank you so much for uh, coming on the, the podcast. It's been really great to hear your experience. And uh, I really like what you said about kind of the pitch and uh, your experience with Nico and, and like also kind of how you figured out Instagram. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really cool.
1: Oh, thanks a lot for
0: having me on, Terry. All right. Um, So if you want to get in touch with Jim, uh, I'm going to include a bunch of links in the description to his Instagram, to the Jim Bob Drawing Show, to his Twitch, and also to Nico and the Sword of Light uh, on iTunes and Amazon Prime. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we hope you tune in again. Thank you. Okay, bye.